You're listening to KFI AM 640, the Bill Handel Show on demand on the iHeartRadio app. I'm Wayne Resnick sitting in this morning because Bill is off and Neil is off and Amy King is off. And uh, I've just been advised Shannon Farron also uh, is off. She was she was at the big game, so it makes some sense that uh, she would be off today. And you'll have Gary at 9 o'clock. And uh, boy, do I never, ever, ever, ever want to have to scold anybody at this radio station. However, Heather Brooker, what are you doing? Oh, my God. What did I do? Yes, it's true. Because KFI News is actually one of the reputable, uh, trustworthy news entities in the world now. One of the few. So it's not that you said anything that was not true. But pointing out that the 49ers have lost their last three uh, Super Bowl appearances. <laughs> Sorry. When you know... That our good friend Shannon Farron is probably in mourning today seems uh, gratuitous. Little, that would be too that much. would be that would be like me pointing out that um, in the first twenty nine Super Bowls that there were, the Forty ers won five of them. And then they've won none of the next 29 of the Super Bowls. That wouldn't be nice, would it? I mean, it's technically not my job to be nice. Just to That's be true. accurate with information. You gave me a heart attack. I thought I was going to get a message from Chris Little telling me I had no, no, thoroughly no. messed something up. Oh, no, 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 no. Listen. I just, I just, Ooh. I'm thinking, look, I'm thinking of <laughs> Shannon this morning. I understand. Um, And you said it and it's true. <laughs> and But I just thought like, oh, let's, can we consider the feelings? No ill will intended. One of our colleagues. Much love to Shannon. No ill will intended at all. All right. Well, look, at least that at least what you said was accurate and relevant to what you were reporting on, which I cannot say for almost all the media when it comes to these two headlines that are going out there. One about Biden, one about Trump. Um, I'm, let's deal with Trump first. And, Tony, I, I sent you uh, that cut, and you've probably heard this audio already because it's getting played everywhere, and then part of it has been converted into a headline. So, once again, let's listen to uh, what President Trump said. Presidents of a big country stood up and said, well, sir, uh, if we don't pay and we're attacked by Russia, will you protect us? I said, you didn't pay? You're delinquent? He said, yes, let's say that happened. No, I would not protect you. In fact, I would encourage them to do whatever the hell they want. You got to pay. You got to pay your bills. All right. So, of course, the headline, and this was in the context of, of more discussion about NATO and how a lot of the NATO countries are not pulling their fair share. And uh, now you have this headline. Trump says he would encourage Russia to attack NATO allies. OK, here's the thing. The first thing is, it's obvious, and I guess I should make clear, I'm not defending him. I'm I'm attacking the media here. Okay, I don't like Donald Trump. 
Just so you know, just so you don't misinterpret what's going on here. I don't like him. However, I do like media to do a better job. So this is obviously a, a, a rhetorical way of saying, hey, th we got some deadbeat countries in NATO. And I feel like if they're not going to do what they said they would do, why the hell should we give them the benefits that come from being in NATO? Which is the idea that if you attack any NATO member, then and you're attacking all NATO members and we all come to your defense. And here's the thing. Uh, he's not wrong about the premise. You know, the way now he's kind of got it. I mean, one of the problems with NATO and funding is people talk about, oh, they're not paying their fair share. Here's the thing. There's two kinds of, quote, funding for NATO. One of them is direct contribution to the operation of NATO as an entity. You know, there's administrative costs involved in running NATO. There's equipment costs. Like, like right now, there, there's U.S. military equipment being housed in Poland. And there's a big warehouse there where the stuff is being housed, and it costs millions of dollars a year and every country is supposed to contribute a certain amount of money as a percentage of their gdp for the basically the administrative costs of nato as its own entity and the rules are different countries contribute different amounts based on the size of their economies so the u.s and germany for example contribute the most and you have certain countries like Albania that doesn't have to contribute much at all. Now, the other thing, and I think this is what he's talking about, and this is what normally gets talked about is, because they talk about it as NATO contributions, but it isn't really contributions to NATO at all. It's the agreement that was reached there. Every country said, we agree we will spend at least 2% of our country's GDP every year on our military it's not that they're giving things to nato it's the idea that if you're going to be on the team you need to have a decent military if you don't spend anything on your own military then you don't have anything to offer when it's time for nato countries to get together and do something so you all agree that you will spend at least 2% of your GDP. That means a tiny country like Albania, the raw dollar amount is very small. And a big country like the United States, the raw dollar amount is very big. And what's been going on is over half of the countries aren't doing what they said they do. They're not spending enough on their own militaries to be proportional partners in NATO. The United States spends more than 2%. So he's got a legitimate beef, and it's the world of politics, and there's always hyperbole. And it's not that he didn't say the words, it's that there's a context for it. And to just throw the headline out there, and then people just see the headline, and they get the wrong impression. Now, there's a headline going on with Biden 
And I see here we should get a news update uh, from Heather Brooker. So I'm going to go ahead and call an audible here. And we'll get some news from Heather Brooker. And hopefully, Heather, you will you will stop pointing out the 49ers' terrible uh, latter-day Super Bowl record. No promises. <laughs> and tell us other things <laughs> that won't make Shannon cry. Uh, and then we'll get into the headline about Biden that is also, like, equally... Um, Terrible and damaging and out of context and all of it. You're listening to Bill Handel on demand from KFI AM 640. Good morning. It is the Bill Handel show. I'm Wayne Resnick sitting in until nine o'clock when Gary will come aboard. Shannon is off today. Bill is off today. Amy's off today. Neil is off today. Man, the Super Bowl flu just keeps spreading. It's the most contagious disease in the history of man. You think it's the measles? Forget it. Measles right now are like... How can we get better at infecting people? We got to learn from this Super Bowl flu. Uh, some of the stories that we're watching for you here at KFI. Israel says it's rescued two hostages from the southern Gaza city of Rafah in a covert operation that uh, featured, and I'm quoting, extraction under fire. This is 128 days after these hostages were captured. The men are in relatively good condition. Although, you know, there's definitely signs that they went through some stuff and they are uh, Israeli-Argentine citizens. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin in the critical care unit at Walter Reed National Military Medical Center. He had some kind of a bladder issue that was serious enough to have to go to the hospital yesterday. And uh, freeway shootings are down year over year. Down uh, 21% in 2023 from the 2022 rate across the state of California. The second straight year that freeway shootings have gone down. There was actually a bigger increase from 2021 to 2022. 38% reduction. All of this data coming to us courtesy of the California Highway Patrol. Now, uh, I spent some of the last segment uh, criticizing this headline that's going around about former President Trump and what he said about NATO allies and how the headline alone is not sufficient in any way to understand what's going on. And I know you're saying, well, a headline can't be the whole story. And what I'm saying to that is, yes, but then the story underneath it does not bother to get into the information that, that would be helpful in understanding what's going on. Because so much of the media is lazy as can be now. And earlier in the show, uh, we were talking about President Biden going on and, and complaining about shrinkflation and saying that, hey, companies, would you please cut out the shrinkflation, putting less and less of the product in the package and Heather Brooker, in for Amy King, the KFI Newsroom today, pointed out that, you know, it, it's, it becomes burdensome to have to be vigilant all the time every time you buy a product to look and see have they lowered the amount in the product. And then we started talking about that, you know, you have to be vigilant about, like, what's going on with your kid in school. You have to be vigilant with what's going on with your health care. You have to be vigilant about everything now. And it can be exhausting. And unfortunately now, if you want to actually understand what's going on in the world, and some people don't want to understand what's going on in the world, they want to go in their little, like, partisan cubicle and hang out with their buddies. 
But if you want to know what's going on in the world, you have to be vigilant about the news. So the headline about Trump requires a lot more context. We did that as best I could. Now this headline about President Biden and uh, special counsel Robert Hur's report, their investigation into Joe Biden having classified documents where he wasn't supposed to have them. And the report came out. And at the beginning of the report is a little summary of the report, just like when uh, the report about Russian stuff came out and Bill Barr did a little summary of that. Um, the summary doesn't match the report is the problem. It's fine to have a summary. Big reports always come with an executive summary. But if the summary is the opposite of what the report says, that's a problem. So now all these headlines everywhere. Biden willfully retained classified documents. That's the headline. And that's all you're going to get. Because I guarantee you, nobody writing these little articles read the report. Maybe they read the whole summary. Maybe. So here's the thing. Just like the headline about Trump is not fair. This headline about Biden is not fair. And here's why. Willfully retained classified documents. What does a person think when they see that? That Joe Biden went, yeah, here are classified documents I'm not supposed to have, but I'm going to retain them and I'm going to retain them on purpose, willfully. Now, read the report and I'm not going to get into too much in the weeds on this. But if you read the report, you know what you find out? You find out that's not true. It's not true at all. Yes, he willfully had documents. That's true. In other words, nobody snuck documents into his house or whatever. Nobody did that. But if you read, and the same guy who starts the report in his summary saying Biden willfully retained uh, classified documents. He's the guy also saying the things I'm about to relay to you. This is not me trying to rehabilitate anything. This is the same report. Yes, he had these documents and he knew that he had these documents. But guess what? Not only is there no evidence that he knew that the documents were classified documents, which is a huge distinction, especially if you're talking about filing criminal charges against somebody under the statutes pertaining to retaining classified documents. You have to know, first of all, you have to know the documents are there and you have to know they're classified. And Robert Hur says, number one, there's no evidence that he knew that the documents that we're talking about were classified documents. And wait, there's more, because this is even bigger. There are innocent explanations for all of it. I know what you're saying. Oh, well, of course, you get caught, and you're going to come up with an excuse, which, by the way, having dealt with so many criminals in my career with the feds, yes, that is true. People get caught, and they come up with all kinds of cockamamie excuses. But... Special counsel Robert Hur, not me, special counsel Robert Hur says in this report over and over 
that the innocent explanations, i.e., he didn't know they were classified. For example, there were some documents in a folder, and those documents were classified, but the cover of the binder was marked unclassified. And there was another binder that had no marking on it at all. And also that Biden said there were some documents that were marked confidential. And he thought that meant... They're not classified, but you still should probably, you know, keep them to yourself. But it turns out that confidential is one of the official categories of a classified document, but he didn't know that. And here's the thing. Robert Herr says in this report that it is, number one, there's zero evidence to refute any of these innocent explanations. And that the innocent explanations are the most likely explanations for what happened. So does that headline that he wrote, I mean, he wrote it and then the press went with it, that Joe Biden willfully retained confidential documents, classified documents. That's not even close to being fair. Now, if the article underneath says, hey, but it's not what it seems because he also found X, Y, and Z, that's one thing. Nobody's doing that. So there you go. How about that? Boom! Defending Trump. Boom! Defending Biden. Oh, my God. How can one human brain do such a thing? Oh, because I don't live my life on slogans. That's why. All right, let's get some news from uh, Heather Brooker. And then uh, we're going to talk about your dishwasher and your clothes washer and your clothes dryer and why the government wants to make them more energy efficient. But the people who make them say, we're basically at the point where all you're going to do is ruin everybody's clothes and dishes. You're listening to Bill Handel on demand from KFI AM 640. It's the Bill Handel Show Wayne Resnick here until 9, then Gary's going to take over. Bill's off today. Neil, Amy, taking the day off. So is Shannon. Let's talk about your appliances and uh, how we may have reached the tipping point on how energy and water efficient they can be. There is no doubt that over the last uh, 30 years, almost every major appliance, and even those smaller appliances like toaster ovens or microwaves, have become more efficient. But there has got to be some limit to, for example, how little water uh, a washing machine or a dishwasher can use or how little electricity a clothes dryer or an electric oven can use. Now, I don't know if any of you have one of the latest kinds of clothes dryers that are part of this effort to make everything energy efficient. But you know you have one if when you go to get your clothes out of the dryer, you don't get what we want when we get our clothes out of the dryer. What we want is toasty, warm, dry, obviously, toasty, warm clothing. I don't know if you're like me. You probably are because I don't think I'm that weird in this regard. If I put clothes in the dryer... And the cycle finishes, and I'm doing something else. 
and some time elapses before I actually go get those clothes out of the dryer. And by the time I go get those clothes out of the dryer, they are not toasty warm anymore. I'm a little bummed. Well, there's a new kind of dryer now, and this is how you know you'll have it, where you go to get your clothes out, and when you pull them out, even if you pull them out right away, uh, they're cool, and they feel damp. They feel damp when you pull them out, but then like 30 seconds later, they do feel dry. They are dry. Because the new kind of dryer in pursuit of energy efficiency is basically a heat pump dryer it doesn't have a heating element and it's not a natural gas dryer with like a burner thing it's heat pump technology which sucks you know how heat pumps work they suck heat well if they're trying to heat they suck heat out of the air they remove the heat from the air and put it in your house and uh if you have one for your house hvac system in the summer it's the reverse thing where they pull the heat out of the air in your house and pump it outside. But in any event, it's nothing like what we think of when we think of a clothes dryer. And this is one of the things that was developed in the ever in the never-ending quest for energy efficiency, which in the United States and the European Union too, and other parts of the world to a lesser extent, is being driven by government requirements. This this heat pump based dryer GE came up with it after they tried for some time to come up with an ultrasonic clothes dryer where it would it would shake your clothes at such a high frequency of vibration that the water in your clothes would turn into mist and come off your clothes it didn't work for large loads you could put like a wet sweater in it and it might work, but if you put a whole load of laundry in it, it wouldn't work. And so they developed this thing called the Ultrafast Combo. It's a single-unit laundry machine, and it has this heat pump kind of technology. So in the United States, the Energy Department requires appliance makers to meet efficiency standards, and these standards get reviewed periodically and tightened up they're always tightened up they never do a review and say yeah we think we should start to allow your refrigerator to use more electricity this is what's going on over the move against gas stoves this is what's going on uh over the move uh, uh, away from gas furnaces and trying to get everybody to use heat pumps for their house and I'm going to tell you something about heat pumps. In Southern California, I think a heat pump can be, you know, a, a pretty good thing to have. But, and you probably don't know this, but like my parents lived in Virginia till they passed away. My sister is still there, brother-in-law, niece, nephew. So, you know, I hear about the weather. I hear about what's going on over there. And one of the things that happens in climates where it gets cold in the winter are people, usually renters, who have no idea what kind of HVAC system they have, getting a massive electric bill. If you go on like a, like a subreddit for a city in a climate that gets cold, you'll see these posts. Hey, everybody, uh, you know, I moved into a new apartment six months ago, and I just got my electric bill, and it's $800. What, what do you think's going on? And, and the people in the know, they all do the same thing. Uh, you got a heat pump? 
Oh, yeah, because heat pumps can't really heat your house if it's 20 degrees outside. So they all have something called auxiliary heat. And when your heat pump has to use the auxiliary heat, it's way worse in energy consumption than a gas furnace. And that's what happens. And you get an insane electric bill. You know, so the thing that was invented to try to be more efficient sometimes can have a downside where it's actually less efficient. So the appliance manufacturers now are starting to push back big. You know, for decades, there was no efficiency rules on appliances. You could make whatever kind of oven or dishwasher that you wanted. could use as much electricity as you wanted it to. And then in 1987, that commie liberal pinko Ronald Reagan signed the National Appliance Energy Conservation Act. And that's when we started to have these minimum standards. Every six years, they come out with new proposals. And then they come out with the rules. So now the appliance industry is saying, we are at the point where the laws of science and physics prevent making these things any more energy or water efficient than they are. We already did it all. You know, refrigerators now have these better compressors that keep the temperature more constant and uh, the clothes dryers are better at sensing when the clothes are actually dry already, even though there's more time in the cycle and they shut off. Dishwashers have better pumps and motors. And now some like I am not bragging, but I did get a new dishwasher some time ago. And it has a um, it has one cycle that cleans great. It cleans great and only uses two and a half gallons of water. You're not going to get a dishwasher to do the same cleaning and it only uses two gallons of water. They're saying we're at the point where we can't really do any more. Please stop. Stop it. And we'll see whether the energy department listens to them and looks into it and what they decide. Or whether or not you're going to have a dishwasher. I mean, it already like that cycle takes, uh, I think it's three hours. But, you know, if you don't need your dishes cleaned right away, it's great. Now, are we going to want a dishwasher where the cycle, it only uses two gallons of water, but it takes six hours? Or your clothes do get dry, but it takes five hours? Because that may be where we're heading. Or I'll leave you with this other possibility. Or the appliance companies just don't want to bother figuring it out anymore. All right, when we come back, Meatless Monday if you like the plant-based meats, get ready for something to be in there that you don't want. You're listening to Bill Handel, on demand from KFI AM 640. Final segment, Wayne Resnick here filling in for Bill, who's off today. Uh, everybody will be back tomorrow, Bill and Neil and Amy. will all be back tomorrow. Coming up at 9 o'clock, Gary and Shannon show. Uh, Gary flying solo today. Some of the stories we're watching for you here at KFI. Uh, the couple involved... In that gender reveal gone wrong that started the deadly El Dorado fire, has accepted a plea deal. Uh, the gentleman pled to some felonies. The lady got to plead to three misdemeanors. And nobody is going to a big boy prison over that incident. Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin in the critical care unit at Walter Reed 
National Military Medical Center. He went there last night. Some kind of a uh, bladder issue that must be serious enough to have to go to the hospital and be in the critical care unit. And certainly we'll keep you updated throughout the day on that situation. Uh, running the uh, Defense Department has been transferred away from him. All right. It is Monday. And you know what that means. No, how would you know what that means? It's not. It doesn't happen that often here, but it's happening now. It's Meatless Monday. Outside in and inside at your my meat. I am fat and farting, but lordy, you're my meat. From your feet to your head, do not be dead, you're my meat. I got you covered, but baby, you're my meat. And first up, oh boy, vegans are not going to like this. Vegetarians are not going to like this. But the plant-based meat alternative industry is suffering. Remember when Beyond Meat came out and Impossible Meat came out? And this is some years ago now. And I remember it. And it was a huge deal. And it was reported on constantly. And it was prominently displayed in the stores. And everybody was trying it. And the stock of these companies exploded. Beyond Meat at one point was over $200 a share. Well, let's fast forward to now. Sales are down. The stock prices for these companies are down. And it's because, and it did take several years, for everybody to figure out and realize that the plant-based meat alternative products, just they do not taste the same. You can market something as being just like meat, indistinguishable from real meat, but it's not. And a lot of people decided not only didn't it taste the same, but it didn't taste as good. So now these companies are trying to figure out what to do to course correct and bring sales back up and make the products more palatable. Because one of the things is that Nobody thought that these plant-based meat alternatives were going to exist as viable products just from vegans and vegetarians buying them. There was always the idea that regular people who eat meat would also enjoy these products and maybe would start to include them in their diet, either at restaurants or in grocery stores. But it hasn't really been happening because the fact is you can tell the difference and a lot of people don't like it. So here's the thing, though. They are starting to experiment with a new ingredient to go into the plant-based meat alternative products. Next to the pea protein and the coconut oil. Actual animal fat. That's right. Actual animal fat, which means they aren't, they still are plant-based. They're no longer vegetarian. They're sure as hell not vegan anymore once that happens. You see, what they've been using, the, the, the primary uh, fat that has been used in these products is coconut oil. And it's definitely better than other vegetable oils, but it's, it can't compete with real animal fat. It has a lower melting point than, than animal fat, and so it melts too early. It makes the plant-based products greasier, and also, there is a certain mouthfeel when you eat meat and there's fat, in, animal fat in your mouth. And the way that it, like, coats your mouth 
and it's different. So they're growing it in labs. They're not slaughtering animals and taking the fat and putting it in their plant-based products. They're growing the fat in a lab, but it is animal fat. And this is going to be the next wave. There'll be hybrid products. They're not suitable for vegans or vegetarians. But maybe uh, other people, omnivores, will like them better. And, you know, the thing is, uh, apparently, growing meat in a lab is still prohibitively expensive. It's insanely expensive, not just because of the equipment that you need, but because of the ingredients that you need. But apparently, growing just the fat uses cheaper uh, ingredients and is actually cost-effective, they say. So uh, we'll see how long it is till that's in a store near you. And vegans are going to have to be extra careful now to read those labels. Uh, may I check? Is Gary possibly available to cross? He might be. Oh, hey, Gary. Yes, huh? Can you check with Gary mm. and just confirm that he's available right now to are cross? You here? Are you here? Yes. Yes, he is oh. here. Well, coming up uh, in just a few minutes on the Gary and Shannon Show, it is Mr. Gary Hoffman. Hello, how are you? Wonderful to see you. What's coming up on the show? Well, here's what we can expect. Um, a Shannonless show. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's um, out. And... Mm -hmm. Is she wearing a hair shirt and rending her <laughs> garments and covering the mirrors in let's, her house? Let's just say the, uh, the FaceTime that I received from her during the fourth quarter was not good. Oh, and no. uh, one of the text me one of the text messages from last night was, quote, I'm done with football. Oh no. Yeah. Oh, so, Shannon. so so we're actually gonna take talk back messages today that we can play for her tomorrow when she comes back. Oh, right? We're just gonna just some words of affirmation for her. That's uh, nice. Just, People, please be yeah, nice. Be nice. Yeah. I mean, we'll we'll obviously be nice, but um yes, that there's a whole bunch of stuff going on in terms. I mean, I know that the Super Bowl was, you know, everybody likes the fact that Usher knows how to roller skate, but there is some, <laughs> there is some, I mean, that's a, that's a lost talent. I think roller skates are just not what they used to be. Um, but anyway, there's that. The former president Trump is in Florida. He's in a, a secured compartmentalized information facility or whatever they call that. Because of the classified documents case, they're going over evidence today, but also this week could be important for the cases in uh, New York. Uh, the polls that came out over the weekend that suggested both he and Joe Biden are considered too old to be president. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's going to be a lot. All right. Very good. Thank you. And uh, get ready because here comes Gary on KFI AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. You've been listening to The Bill Handel Show. Catch my show Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. and anytime on demand on the iHeartRadio app.